This is the World of Cheer podcast, and I'm David Hanbury, your host. The World of Cheer is brought to you by the Open Championship Series. If you haven't already checked out the Open Championship Series, you're going to want to. The series is comprised of hundreds of events, some even close to you, and you can build your season with points and rankings as you build discounts and credits to help you attend one of the Open Cheer and Dance Championships at the end of your season. It's a new way to compete, and I really believe it's going to change the world of cheer. If you're listening to the World of Cheer podcast, then we want to hear from you. We want to hear about stories and ideas and feedback of our podcast and what you would like to cover next. Getting in touch with us is super simple. It's all done by social media. You can follow us at World of Cheer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, welcome to the World of Cheer podcast. This is David Hanbury. I'm the host. In the inaugural edition, uh, we came up with the idea of me kind of explaining myself and what I've done in the past in the World of Cheer, and that kind of felt cheesy and strange. So uh, instead of just doing that on my own, I decided to get some help, and who better to help me than my own 16-year-old son. He is John David Hanbury, better known as JD among uh, the cheerleading world. And he is a a competitor and an athlete and has been for a while. So I brought him in here to help me, I guess, kind of break down my history for you guys and our listeners on the World of Cheer podcast. So JD, how was school today? It was great. (laughs) You had fun? Yes. I learned a lot. Yeah, and the most exciting, I also have a a two and a half year old, well, he'll be three in December, his name is Miller, and the most exciting thing in our house this week is what, JD? What's Miller doing? Oh, he's uh, pee-peeing on the potty. Yeah, Yeah. so exciting, you know, we we have our own goals in our lives, and uh, Miller's had some issues uh, in the past, going to the hospital in and out, and he's been in the hospital this week, but now we're home. And we're getting potty trained, so we're taking huge steps. Uh, so that's exciting. JD's in school and just got home, and he's made a few questions for me, so we're going to go through these, and hopefully it'll let you out there, those of you that don't know me, get to better know me and what, what I've done, and also may let JD get to know me a little bit better. So what's up? What you got? So the first question is, why did you decide to get into cheerleading? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the the simple there's a simple answer. Um, there was some really cool people, uh, specifically a couple of girls that um, I thought were amazing, and they came and asked me to come. I had had a background kind of in dance and and uh, other things, learned to flip, learned to do all kinds of stuff acrobatically and. I uh, was an athlete, so they asked me if I wanted to come to a practice. I went to their practice, and I saw them throwing people all around. Uh, it was at Mississippi College. I'll never forget. They were a dynasty back in the day on ESPN all the time, and I didn't really know this. 
Um, but they had won tons of competitions. So I went to their practice and I mean, they were literally throwing these people all over the place, like spinning and kicking and flipping. And I thought out of everything I've done, I've, I've hit balls, I've thrown balls, I've run fast, I've jumped over things, but I had never thrown another human. And that was the most impressive thing I'd ever seen. Uh, I think a few months later, I was on the team and just a few short months after that, I was on ESPN competing in my first college nationals. So really, I, I don't know that I ever made a cognitive choice. It just kind of found me and I fell into it and I loved it from the very beginning. Okay, so when did you want to move to more of the career side? Oh, well, that was way later. Um, honestly, I fell into that too. So I loved competing. I, I mean, my team, we, we won... Uh, you know, nationals that first year and my friends got to see me on ESPN and that was awesome and amazing. Um, and then I really got into partner stunt, like focusing on that, I guess, trying to, to bring in the creative side, you know, my background in high school, I was a student choreographer for a show choir, which was one of the best show choirs in the country. And we always had to come up with new and different things with, in our choreography to kind of show off and do, you know, one up the other team if we wanted to, if we wanted to, you know, win, I guess. And then also we would do these reviews at home. That, that would be the biggest thing. We'd sell out, you know, three, four, five nights. And you didn't want to do the same thing that they've been doing the last 20 years. So I wanted to do something different. I studied tapes and tried to figure out personally how to do things different. At the same time, I was hired uh, by my good friend, Hal Holman, who coach gymnastics and he needed somebody in there that had a background kind of in it and I started coaching gymnastics and team gymnastics and that was a lot of fun we had you know level optional levels eight nines and tens in the gym at the time and these girls were phenomenal so I got that experience and then somebody just came and asked me after watching us watching me compete um, and then seeing me coach and they said hey will you help our our high school team and it was the high school I graduated from. I said, well, sure. And then they said, we'll pay you. And I said, wow, I can get paid to do this. And I guess that was a realization in my brain that, you know, people needed great instruction. Um, over the next little bit, we won a lot of state championships and, and I got, uh, talked into doing more and more of it. And it became a, a, a small career at that time, but I was still a young college, uh, international business student at the time. So, uh, you started coaching and then you started your own gym and you always talk about how hard it is to become a gym owner and the dedication and time it takes to open a gym. Uh, why, why did you open the gym in the first place? And then why did you start so many others? Well, that's a good question too. Um, when I first started the gym, I was still, I guess, an undergrad. That was before I went to law school. Um, well, we started a program. We started Central Mississippi Cheerleading. And basically the reason I started was I was coaching a lot of high school teams at the time and they, you know, All-Star was getting bigger and bigger. And these girls and guys that wanted to cheer uh, in college wanted a little more practice and they said, hey, let's put together an All-Star team, a few parents and a few kids. And that's where we got CMC. Um, I started that running out of the gymnastics gym I worked at. And then we ended up uh, getting our own place, renting our own place, which was a tiny 50 by 50 foot 
a little gym with you know no air, a tiny bathroom, and that was it. <laughs> we didn't even have room for parents to come in. Now it's a big deal. Do you have open practices or not? No, we didn't because we didn't even have windows, <laughs> much less anywhere for anybody to sit. Um, but we did great. We ran a few hundred kids through there, and I guess that's the amount of time. Once we opened that, I think that's when I realized, hey, this this could be a career uh, for me. Um, nowadays, it's a little bit different. You know, I think most people who want to open a gym, they see a lot of different obstacles to it. Obviously, there's expense and and rent. There's expense and in insurance. Um, nowadays, you know, people think they need air tracks and spring floors and all the different new training devices and they need expensive coaches and they need um, all these certifications and training and all this. And, you know, back in my day when we first started, the biggest thing was how do we tell everybody? <laughs> because we didn't have all the free advertising through social media. Uh, once we opened it with very limited uh, space and supplies. I mean, it was just coaches. Uh, so I think that it's harder now than it was then. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still grateful that we had the opportunity to do it. Okay. So, uh, as a coach and owner of CMC, do you think that you impacted your athletes futures? You know, that's a, you're, you're asking good questions, and I think you know some of the answers to these questions probably, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, I do. I've, you know, back then, what we really wanted to do, I mean, here I was, you know, 20-something years old with a career plan in international business um, and international law, and, you know, I was well on it, um, and you know, really, this was my hobby. I was just having fun and I enjoyed, you know, I imagine anybody, you, you like to fish. I imagine anybody that, uh, you know, you, you talk about all the time, right? When you go out and you were fishing on your boat and you met some older guys that were fishing, what'd they do with you? They taught me. Yeah, they taught you how. Not because they wanted to make money or have a career. Why? Just because they wanted to spread what they liked. That's it. So back in the day when I did this, I thought, well, I'm on my way out. I'm about to, you know, uh, be a international attorney and I'm not going to be, have the opportunity to do the sport I love anymore. So basically I was just trying to spread the word. And, and that said, you know, I coached a lot of coaches too. Um, but now looking back after being in it for 20 years, um, and owning multiple gyms and, and working with multiple people, I get, you know me, I don't really have a lot of social media presence <laughs> that you make fun of me and everybody does for never having Facebook, but Kendall has it. Um, uh, Kendall's my wife and uh, she keeps me up to date and it's amazing to see some of the kids and the people um, attribute some of their successes in life, not to not just to CMC, not to me or the coaches necessarily, but to the sport and I think that's the most amazing thing is you know I don't think it was me that changed a lot of lives it was the fact that it was a sport and you want me to give you a, a couple of examples yes. <laughs> that'd be cool um so it, and I guess this will kind of better explain it you know I had a kid years ago and this was one of the first few years at CMC and this kid I mean he was an athlete, but he was kind of picked on at his school. Um, 
he didn't come. He had a, a great mother, but his dad wasn't that great at all. Uh, he's actually a pretty, pretty poor uh, excuse for a dad. Kind of made fun of the kid for wanting to be in different things and and all that. Well, he came on and uh, and started in our in our program and immediately uh, started getting better and. The girls and the guys there just kind of soaked him in and loved him and ad- adopted him as their own. And uh, I mean, he didn't end up, you know, being a, you know, a national individual champion, but he ended up adjusting through high school from a kid that I thought had a whole lot of issues to somebody who went and won a couple championships. Mainly, made a whole lot of friends, and not only friends, he made family through that team. And now, you know, he's a very well-adjusted adult. Uh, he did uh, time in the military. He's gone to multiple uh, universities, got multiple degrees, and he's been super successful. And I think it, it wasn't necessarily me or what I did. It was the fact that he had a team around him that didn't judge him like he was being judged at his school, didn't judge him like he was being judged by his dad. They just accepted him for what he was, and what he was was a really hard worker and a good athlete and a perfect teammate. So I could tell you a thousand more stories. You probably know who I'm talking about after all that because you grew up around him. Um, But you know, and still a dear friend to this day. So I think it's more important for the people out there to understand what, what we do is so much more powerful than just us as coaches. It's uh, facilitating a team and an environment. And through that, yes, I think we impact a lot of people. And on top of that, I think those kids impact us as coaches. I can tell you how many coaches I've seen change uh, for the better just because they're in an environment with these kids. So uh, going a little off script, but me personally, I know that football and baseball and softball and volleyball and all these other things can open up an athlete's future that can give them scholarships to get into school but not continue into the cheerleading world but open it up to be a doctor a lawyer do you think that cheerleading can give you the same opportunities as those other sports well yeah absolutely i mean and and this is the thing about it i would almost double down on that and say i think it can give you a little bit more (laughs) um and specifically for a different type of personality, you know, nothing against, and you know, I grew up playing tennis and baseball and football and all of the traditional sports. Um, and I love those, but I think the, the thing that cheerleading does is open up opportunities for a whole different group of people that may not be interested in what we call ball sports or, or things like that. Um, but I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, most of my friends and you know, a lot of them, um, not only did they go to college and do extraordinarily well, they have extraordinary careers. Um, and I would, you know, put their careers against most people. Uh, obviously, we're never going to have a you know quarterback that signs a hundred million dollar <laughs> contract, um, or we're not going to get there soon. But we have a lot of, of of great business people. As far as colleges, I know tons of people. You know. Uh, one right now, Josh Bell is one of your best friends. Right. And uh, when he and, and Tony walked into the gym, uh, I'll never forget it. I mean, they kind of knew how to flip. I think that's what they said. And, you know, Tony, I'll never forget Josh's older brother uh, watching him on ESPN and the broadcasters. Specific, what did they say? They said, uh, 
not only the Alabama football team has talent, but check out their cheerleaders yeah, they do. Uh, as he was tumbling across at Alabama. And now Josh is down there with our good friends, Jeremy and Allie, uh, coaching uh, from Gemma Champions down at Jones Junior College. And I saw him. Didn't you see him? Like, he went end zone to end zone Thursday night, right? He did. At that game. He did. Probably the loudest the stadium had ever gotten. So, I mean, if you ask those kids when they first walked in where their future would take them, I guarantee you neither one of them probably thought there. But their future changed as soon as they walked through the doors of that gym. And I know every gym owner out there has thousands of stories just like that. So I think the opportunities out there for for kids uh, to go to college and even go further are better. But I'll tell you, and you've heard me talk about this, I think it's our job in the industry to create even more opportunities. It's our job in the industry not to go host, you know, camps at a college and not to give back to that team and still charge them to go. It's not, it's not, we shouldn't in the industry be charging, you know, these superior athletes as much when, and kind of, I mean, you hear about the NCAA making money off of their kids. I mean, we've got all these kids working in our gyms and working staff, teaching all summer uh, for million, billion dollar companies. You know, what are we giving back to them? How are we creating more, uh, opportunity for them and more uh, longevity. How are we going to keep people like you <laughs> in the sport as a career? Because you know the best people may not see as much of an advantage unless we can create those jobs. So, do I think it exists? Absolutely. Do I think that we have a duty to make it even better? A hundred percent. If everybody out there went to their local colleges and universities and help support those teams, especially those competitive teams. And the people in our industry tried to, you know, adopt more uh, people under them to mentor and then give them valuable positions if the industry leaders created those positions. And I think if the industry as a whole and the consumer base as a whole understood how important it was and started rewarding those people, uh, what they would make in other careers, I think there'd be even more. So that's one of that's one of my platforms. Sorry, that was kind of a soapbox there, wasn't it? <laughs> more than you expected. So uh, I know that you made your athletes. You wanted your athletes to move on to bigger things other than all star and uh, go to college or go somewhere else. What do you think that your gym was different than others, or what made your gym different? Well, you know, at first, the I think the biggest thing that made our gym different was one, I had no idea how a gym was supposed to run. So, so I just I, I made it. I tried to make it as fun. I, I tried to make the experience what what was um, the biggest deal. You know, I've I've always said this, and you know, people it's probably like a record, you know, broken record when I say it, but. I think that in the cheer industry, we are in education and experiences. We're providing education and experiences that you wouldn't normally get if you weren't in it. And I tried to make the gym a little bit different. Obviously, everybody wants to win. You want to do your best. You want to be competitive. You want to beat some rivals. But we didn't really have rivals um, around here. So our rivals, you know, we're in a city of 100,000 and a little bit more and we, our rivals, we always said, were in cities uh, that had, you know, within a 10-mile radius had more population than our state. So we, I had to just win it over to by making it fun. You know, you remember our old camp shows? I mean, I think you oh, were yeah. part of that. I threw you around when yeah. you were like three years old in our camp shows. I mean, we would bring in staff and in the in the summers, 
Um, what do you remember about the camp show? It was a community thing. Everybody came in, and it was a family. Yeah. So the camp shows, you know, we had a theme. I think Star Wars one yeah. year. We had Superhero. I, I can't even remember them all. Uh, I'm sure that when people listen to this podcast, we'll get all kinds of write-ins of people remembering it. But, uh, you know, we, we didn't even learn, really, our choreography. We didn't do anything. We just divided everybody up. You know, we didn't worry about age groups. We didn't worry about talent. We divided up, you know, hundreds of kids and let them come up with their own routines. And then we had this huge show. I remember every year, because D-Daddy, my dad and your grandfather, um, was a band director and one of, and a former, you know, he's a, he's former army guy and he has a special place in his heart for patriotic music. And you remember our finale, I think we had 200 people out there. And we did it to Stars and Stripes because that's his favorite thing to conduct. And we were throwing baskets like they were fireworks. And we did a walking pyramid with 150 people and just did all kinds of crazy stuff. And everybody was involved in it. Had nothing to do with competition or winning. But I think those are the memories and those are the pictures. That's what was different, I think. But what that made those kids do is be part of that like a club. You know, it was a family. And... And it got the community involved, and they started rooting for us. So it was a lot harder. Well, I'll put it this way. It was almost impossible for those kids not to be motivated after that, after something like that. And I think that's what I did different, but I didn't do it for any other reason, and I didn't know how to how to really do anything. So I knew that we didn't compete in the summer, and our kids needed something to do. So we did that. Um and then, you know, the only other thing is we focused on putting kids in college. Everybody else focused on winning rings and jackets and bids and all that. You know, our main focus was was to get these kids to the next level and use cheerleading to do it. Uh, and if we won a little bit along the way, that was great. Yeah. So uh, I know that winning brings kids to your gym and, you know, it grows your gym the numbers-wise, but... I know it was different back when you coached. What advice would you give to coaches and gym owners today? Oh, God. Uh, we're going to be here a long time if I could if I could get on this soapbox of what I would uh, say. I, you know, and honestly, there's, there's not many questions that kind of make me stumble. But the main advice I would give is, one, you're not on their team. Um you know, I think we have a lot of coaches today that think that a win is a win for their coach or a win for their program or a win for the gym or a win for the, you know, the coaching staff and or a win for the choreographer or a win for the music guy or a win for all that. It takes all those people and they're super integral in that. But really what you are is you're an educator, you're a teacher and you're providing the, the education and the experience, like I said earlier, to put together a successful team. And the way we measure success should not always be in wins. We shouldn't just start the year saying, hey, we're going to go win these championships. We're going to win these rings and these jackets, and we're going to get bids here and paid bids here. I think you're setting up your team for uh, the wrong the wrong whole path. I think what you should do is say, hey, and, and you've heard me say this before, you know, in cheerleading a lot of times we don't have we don't play every Friday night. And a win doesn't really mean anything for our season. Um, I know a lot of people are changing that for in the future. But what we do have is we have practices. 
So, and, and really, honestly, if you look at, you know, high school and college, I mean, they're practicing four or five days a week. We're practicing one or two with some of our teams, maybe three. So every practice is like a competition. And you got to win that practice. You got to figure out how to motivate those kids to, to show up, to be there on time, to love it, to love it enough to be there, to love their team enough to give it 100% while they're there, and to win that practice. And I think when you start adjusting your whole philosophy as a coach or a gym owner into we need to we need those kids to love it enough to show up and win this practice, great things are going to happen with your season. But even better things are going to happen with your gym. And the best thing that you're going to see is the changes in the athletes and the future that you can provide them. So the number one thing that I would say is you, we need to change our coaching philosophy out there. And we need to realize that the time you spend in your gym and those practices, and you know, I've, I've been in this for 25 years. The oh, the kids that come back, and you've been around me, right? All the time. When they come back, what do they say they miss the most? It's practice. Practice, yeah. All the time. We miss being there. We miss practice. We miss our team. Not one of them says, man, I wish I would have won that jack or ring or whatever. They say we miss we miss practice. So if you focus on making that practice change those kids' lives and building a team and a family with that team, then I think you'll do a lot, a lot. And I could go on forever and ever and ever about it, and most of those <laughs> are I learned uh, the hard way. Uh, but I wish, I wish that I could, you know, preach that all over. So you like the coaching side, and uh, what made you move more towards the event-producing side? Well, you know, in our area, <laughs> I went a long time ago, okay? So when I first started and we were competing, our state had a couple of uh, regionals and a state championship, and then there were a couple of national championships. So here I was working with these kids all the time, and I came from, you know, uh, originally a tennis background. I mean, I played every weekend year-round, pretty much. Um played tournaments all the time. And every time I played a real match, it mattered because <laughs> that's how you get ranked and moved up. So then I get in the cheerleading. I'm like, all right, what are we working so hard for? And the high school kids would be like, well, we got a regional and then we got state. I'm like, that's it? Okay, well, we that's our problem. If we're going to work this hard, we're going to get this routine together, we're going to do all this, and you know, we're going to need more times to actually go out there and, and get judged on it, get critiqued on it. Um, and then when I started, started all-star, I was like, well, you know, in our area, there's not a lot of places to go. And when you first started, you know, we, we first started in this area it was brand new, right? There wasn't many of us. So it was really hard to convince our parents, Hey, let's go to, you know, Dallas <laughs> this weekend for this major event. Uh, or let's go, you know, hundreds of miles away, um, if not thousands to compete. So we looked for local competitions and they didn't exist. So I went to the largest, uh, I guess, event producer at the time, one of the only ones. And I said, hey, how can we get more competitions down in this market? And they basically said, well, we can't make money down in that market. So we really probably, this is all we can do. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to do some competitions because these kids that I'm coaching need to go out and get critiqued and they need to know the feeling to get on a floor. Half of the education and experience that we give these kids, I love the two and a half minutes. 
like this is a long interview, right? But yeah. how long do you think a job interview lasts? Shorter. Yeah, much shorter. So a job interview could last a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. And how long is our routine? Two and a half. Two and a half minutes. That's not only do you have only two and a half minutes to get out there to show all your work for it, but you got two and a half minutes of pressure because if you don't do your job, who else loses? Everyone. Everybody on your team. Everybody. Yeah, if you make one mistake. So I love the pressure of it, and that's part of the education and experience that we're providing. So we needed more two and a half minutes in front of some judges in front of a crowd. So I just got thrown into doing events. And then I realized most of the events that we went to were not great. So I tried to focus more and more on how to do great events. And you work our events now, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that know him, you know JD runs a lot of music table production. He does set up and break down for our events. And he's actually... Uh, one of the most, you're pretty dependable. This is my proud dad moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and most people know he he could have, you know, you probably started, you probably could have run this when you were 12. Yeah, I tried. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. But with our events, they've come a long way from the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very important to me to focus on, I know how important it is for these kids to to feel um, important on a stage in an event. So whatever I can do to make them do that with value, that's what I want to do. So I knew by focusing on it and, you know, I take it back to this. I used to go your little sister. How old is Ashley? Five, five years old. And she's playing what right now? Soccer. Soccer. We go out there and, uh, uh, JD's half sister from his mother um, play soccer so we would go out there we went out there the other week and we watched and there's you know 10 or 12 parents just screaming on the side for both teams right, right. all the little girls are chasing stuff well I've seen five year olds at Orange Beach at our event get up in front of 5,000 people screaming for them and what do you think that does for the confidence of a little girl it makes it go way up. Or a little boy. Yeah. So if we can provide these amazing opportunities for these kids, I mean, imagine if you can get on up on, I mean, you've seen the individuals. Remember seeing the little individuals, three, four, five, six years old at our uh, individual national championship, and they'll get out there and everybody's cheering for them on this huge stage with lights and cameras and all that. I mean, imagine how easy uh, going back and meeting new people at your school is. <laughs> or, you know, talking to an adult or getting through a job or, or interview or a college interview. So that's why I take it super serious. I, I think that what we're supposed to do as an event producer is work with the coaches, work with the gym owners, uh, work with the administrators that are bringing these kids there to provide an excellent experience. And I take it really seriously. So once I started in it, I thought it was a huge void in our area. And then I realized that I could take the same thing that worked here everywhere. So that's what we've really tried to do. So summing up what you just said, basically when you were coaching, you were giving the uh, athletes opportunities to move on to a bigger level. And when you moved to event producing, you did the same just in a different form. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. So moving to the next question. 
uh, you work a lot, and especially on the weekends, but uh, you always volunteered your time with the USASF, and now you're a chairman of the Cheer and Dance Industry Professionals. Why do you think that is important to give up so much of your time to these other organizations? Yeah, <laughs> so good question. I think a lot of people ask me that all the time because, you know, I've, I'm not on a, a specific um, National Advisory Board with the USASF anymore, um, but I've served on that a couple of times. And then the Independent Event Producers is now the Cheer and Dance Industry Professionals. Um, I was elected... Uh, chairman of that organization and those are you know all these are volunteer positions so a lot of people ask me all the time why do you do them well I think you know as well as I do you know my passion is I love our sports and I think that they are much needed for the youth in this world right now not only for the youth for a lot of the adults and I think that in order for that to happen we need a we need an industry that can support those those people. We need an industry that can provide them with scholarships, uh, with opportunity, with education, and eventually with jobs and retirement and insurance and all the things that every other successful industry has. And I can't do that by myself. So in these organizations, I've found a lot of friends and a lot of other people that feel the same as I do. So I just want to make a, you know, make a pledge that I'm going to do whatever it takes because, I mean, you're a cheerleader, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Miller, Miller man may, uh, the way he flips off the couch <laughs> and things yeah. that he's doing and loves to go to the gym right now and jump, you know, he, uh, he's either going to be a ninja or, uh, you know, potentially a cheerleader we need something left for these people not only left it needs to be better than when i was in it so that volunteer time that i spend is is meant to bring people together that have that same uh, passion and have that same like-minded spirit for our industry um and you know if that means uh, unfortunately i can't spend all the time that i want to with you guys but i try to make a lot of time right yeah um and I'm pulled away from my own businesses, but I think it will pay in, you know, tons in the future. Um, and we all talk about leaving a legacy. So if that's if that's something that I can volunteer my time doing, and it's something that I'm better at than anything else that I can think of, uh, then I hope in the future it makes some type of difference. And that's why I volunteer time. And I'm working with some other great volunteer people. All of them are. And I think we will make a difference in the future. So your mission is to get along, or I know your mission is to get along with everyone in the cheerleading industry. And uh, you started out being the head of the IEP, which you then changed, or you and a bunch of others changed to the CDIP because you felt that it would involve more people in the in the group. Um, so why do you think it is important to work with everyone in the industry? Okay, that's a good question. So what you're talking about was um, I'm part of the independent event producers or was. Um, I think that that name just basically meant like non-varsity. So it was, you know, at this point when it was started, it didn't mean that. But now that's basically what it means. And I just felt like that that was, drew a line in the sand. And I think some other people, my vice chair, Heidi Weber, and 
you know, we have some phenomenal board members, which are some of my best friends. You know, they call us, you know, some of us are the three Davids. Yeah. Uh, David uh, Sims and David Owens and David Hanbury. And we, you know, among so many others that I've worked with and become great friends with, um, we felt like, you know, changing the name to the cheer and dance industry professionals would kind of, you know, race that line in the sand and break down some barriers and bring in everybody. And you asked me personally, um, why it's important for me. It's important for me because I think the industry needs, we're in a time where we need growth and we need support. And in order to do that, it's going to take every single one of us. You know, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the next year, the next three years. I'm concerned about the next 20 years. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, sell shares or, or do anything like that. I'm not trying to get out. I'm trying to provide an amazing industry for you and potentially like we talked uh, about before your little brother, which is going to be a while. So that said, I think that's going to take everybody, all the industry professionals working together uh, to ensure that we give valuable products, valuable goods and services uh, to these, uh, you know, next generation of, of participants. And we make it worth the parent and the participant um, sacrifice. And in order to do that, it takes us all. Yeah, um, my uh, my personal dream in cheerleading and what my goal is is to you know move on to ch- to college and to uh, you know maybe eventually be on Team USA, uh, which leads me on to the next part of my question: Where do you see cheerleading moving in the future? And. I guess, you know, specifically with Team USA and every kid your age wants to know about the Olympics, I'm sure. Because right. <laughs> um, everybody has that goal. You know, it's so funny because we watch gymnastics and, you know, I still love, after coaching it for a while, I still love gymnastics. And uh, what we had the Fab Five, like five yeah. girls get to represent all of our gymnastics world. Um, but that said, where do I see it going in the future? I, you know, that's why I think we're at a crossroads. I think we're at a point right now where we have a lot of different segments of our industry. Um, unfortunately, we have a lot of outside investment in our industry that I don't think care where it's going. I think that they would, you know, they just want to see a return on their investment next year, next two years, and they don't care if it's in the Olympics or you know, in the next hundred. Um, I think that we have super passionate people who would love to see the growth of the sport and recreational and scholastic and all-star and worldwide. Um, and I think the majority of the people who are athletes, former athletes or working in the sport currently feel that. So I think we're at a crossroads. I think it's time for those people to stand up and say, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter who I work for, where I am or who I answer to. I'm an advocate for our sport. And I'm going to go out there. I think that it's just as good as any other sport, if not better than any other sport on the planet. And I'm going to advocate for it. And I'm going to push it into the, into the future in the next realm. Um, I, you know, my, where do I see it going? If I had a crystal ball, I think we're going to get there eventually. I just think we need to choose the right leadership to take us there. And right now, I'm not sure that the right leadership or, or, you know, investors or shareholders, I think that they're the people working in this sport every day of the week um, that have a history in it. 
And I'm hoping that those people can all come together and they can provide you, not only you with your dream, but I mean, once we're there, imagine the, you know, hell you, you've seen the, all these people in the Olympic sports back from, I remember going to the Coliseum in Rome and going, wow, people competed in sports here. I mean, imagine hundreds of years from now, if we actually get there, what kind of impact that we would have made if we make that decision. I think it's a lot more than growing shareholder value or, or, or growing, uh, you know, somebody's portfolio. I think right now we need to do what's best for our sport. And that's why we're in a crossroads, but you know, as well as I do, I'm going to do whatever. And I think that there's great people in every organization right now in every facet of the industry from top to bottom that are working hard on that for you. And uh, a lot of them I love and trust. So hopefully we can, we can get to that finish line, but you know, Olympics aside, I think what we need to do is we need to boost up more um, opportunity in junior high and high school. We need to boost up more opportunity in recreational starting out. We need to introduce more kids to our sport um, all over. So, you know, one of the things I would encourage you to do when you graduate high school is go volunteer to help coach a rec team in wh- wherever community you decide to go to college. <laughs> you know, go out there and, and share what you have. Go into the inner cities and, and change some people's lives by, by coaching them. And go, you know, beyond that. Let's, once, you, once you're an amazing individual making tons of money and whatever you decide to do, which I'm sure you will be, you know, don't forget your college, go back and go back and support them. That kid that may not can afford that out of state tuition, but wants to go there or that kid that, you know, is struggling with books or finances, you know, hold them accountable, but let's give them the resources. Let's let them, you know, let's show them that not only, um, are they just as valuable as anybody else on that campus? They're more valuable to us. And then let's support our local businesses. You know, if they're out there and you see a cheerleading competition in town, go to it. You know, go go support it. Go cheer for all those kids. And I think that's how we'll make a difference in the in the future. Um, what are you worried about in the world of cheer? Well, I think I just hit on a lot of yeah, that, didn't did. I? <laughs> so, uh, really, my my concern, and I, okay, so let's go from the bottom up. All right, my concern is that we are not giving enough value to being involved in the sport. Um, When I grew up, uh, I played a lot of sports. The majority of them, you know, I grew up playing tennis and I loved it. I was ranked and, and... won state titles in tennis and things like that. We lived in a, at a racket club. It was awesome. And I really liked it and I excelled at it, but it also made me good enough at other sports that I could play them all. So once, you know, tennis was individual sport. So once I got old enough and I played a bunch of other sports, but once I got old enough, I really wanted to play those other sports because it was the way for me to go hang out with all my friends. You know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have uh, Snapchat where we could talk, you know, back and forth all day long. We definitely, um, didn't have any of the social media that you guys have now. So if I really wanted to go hang out with my friends, I had to go hang out with my friends. And that's one of the reasons. And I think when we first started, a lot of the kids in our gym at the very beginning, they were members of that gym from all different schools because they all just wanted to hang out and they were great friends. Um, I don't, we don't need that anymore. 
because, I mean, how many friends do you have all over the country? A lot. That you talk to all the time? A lot. A lot, right? And and it doesn't matter if they're next door or go to your school. You talk to them all day, right? Correct. Yeah. So I didn't have that. <laughs> we had to go. So I think one of the one of the biggest points of any recreational sport is lost now because we've got to add other benefits to it. We have to show the kids that it's worth their time and their effort to show up other than just hanging out with each other. Does that make sense? Um, so that's one of the things is we need to add more value. We hear about it costing so much all the time. I don't see a cost increase as much as I see of the value. We need to place more on the value. And that goes to the coaches. Um, I think that we're kind of in a predicament um, these days. And, you know, we've got a lot of coaches out there that are educating and they're passionate and they're providing education experience. And we've got a lot of coaches out there that are just trying to win a whole lot for the sake of their brand or their program or their individual win. And I think that's going to hurt us. I think that we need to focus more on what we're doing for the kids instead of what we're doing for the brands. Uh, and that may not be too popular for a lot of people listening, but but that's okay because most of those people probably won't be around too long. And the people who listen and agree with me are the ones who are going to change the world and they're still going to be here. And uh, hopefully that can change. My other concern is once I, you know, I've said it before, you know, the the corporate side of, of cheer, I think a lot of people have jumped in it and invested in it and they're looking for a return on investment on the work of a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of people that did work for multiple years way before I came. Um, and I want them to be rewarded for it, but I also want everybody in every town and every cheerleader and, and every junior high and high school kid and every rec cheerleader to see a return on their investment of their time. And I want to see the parents have a return on investment for every check that they write. There needs to be something that they get in return and I think if we, you know, go the way of corporate cheer um, completely in investment and we, we let our grasp go of the value and the education added to the sport in general, then we're going to see a slide. So in the future, uh, to sum it up, <laughs> I want coaches to coach in education experience. Um, I want to see a return on, on investment for the kids and I want to see us grow the industry from within the industry um, and provide more resources and opportunity in the future. Okay, so uh, with the friends you made along the way and the awards you received and the people that you basically changed their lives uh, or cheerleading did, uh, are you happy with your decision to pursue a career in cheerleading and uh, would you encourage others to do the same? Yeah, I mean, you know, as well as I do, we talk about it all the time. Um, and I had multiple people come to me when I decided to leave the world of international business and international law aside and say, hey, I'm going to do cheerleading. Um, you know, a lot of people were <laughs> saying, wait, you're going to support your family doing this? And I mean, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not rolling or anything, but we're doing all right, right? We have a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, and I, and I love what I do. So yes, I would a hundred percent going back. I would, I would do it. And what I would tell people is in cheerleading, um, just like I'm sure anything else, I don't, I'm not sure that you choose it. I think it chooses you. 
And if it chooses you, there should be opportunities in it. And if you want to do this, there's ways to do it and there's ways to not. And the way to do it is not always the way that you think. So what I would tell people, yes, there's more obstacles to, to getting in this now than there used to be. It's a lot harder to just open a gym or start in a, a, a company in anything. Um, but that said, there's a lot of people out there that could help you. So if you know you're going to do this and you know you want to be in it, and there's a lot of people who are listening to me, you know a lot because they call me all the time <laughs> and ask me. There's a lot of us out there that want to help you and want to see you succeed. And what my advice would be, uh, I'd do it over in a heartbeat. I'd do it bigger and better if I had a second opportunity to do it. And I wouldn't even worry about what everybody else thought about me because I'm really happy with where it's it's gotten me. And for you guys out there that want to do this, there's so many resources and so much help. And is it harder? Absolutely. But you'll have a team around you if you so choose it. And this team around you, my friends who want to see everybody do well, are going to do whatever they can to help you. So answer to that question is, yes, I would. And if, you know, you don't have a choice. <laughs> if if this is your calling, it's going to be your calling. Yep. So you might as well figure out how to do it and build a team around you to help you. That's right. All right. Anything else? That's it. Oh, then it's my turn. I get to ask you some questions. Uh-oh. Well, if they made it this far, then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, oh, trust me. There's still people listening. All right. So this is, I've wondered about this a little bit since I knew you were going to ask me, what is your first memory of cheerleading? Because, I mean, you've been around it since you were in the womb. We, we said you were going to come out counting, you know, five, six, seven, eight. I kind of did. Yeah. But, sure. Uh, so I do remember, you know, being in the gym and growing up in the gym and how the families and the friends I've met and they became more of a bigger family they kind of joined my family and I joined theirs uh I do remember you know little trying to I would look at the level five team which was my dream and my my goal when I was a little kid to be on that level five team which was the highest at the time and uh you know I would always I'd go over I'd watch and see what all the kids were doing and I would go over to the cheese and you know say to myself I got this I got this and I'd do a back handspring and my hands would not go above my head so it was more of a flop <laughs> yeah and you know and your mom said don't let him do that anymore <laughs> yeah and I did it anyway again and again and but you know I, I I learned to you know look at the people that I wanted to be and try to you know become that one day I, I grew a goal from cheerleading and you know I made a lot of friends and family along the way yeah so what what was your first, like, can you remember your first experience at a competition, whether it was one of ours or another one, probably another one, that you went to or something that you saw? I do remember it, uh, I think it was Worlds, maybe. Uh, we competed, and I always used to go with my grandmother and my aunt and cousins, and we'd make a big trip out of it to go watch the team, and I remember everybody you know, competing and everybody was jumping up and down from Mississippi, you know, it was a way to support your recognized Mississippi at Worlds and we ended up winning a big trophy that I 
pretty sure it was taller than me, and I was pretty proud. Took a picture, <laughs> picked it up. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of times down there. You, would, I, I remember, like when I would come out from backstage after warming them up, and you'd like run, run to me. Yeah. Uh, you were so excited to be there, and that was always that meant a lot to me because it was always, you know. It's it's important for everybody else to like you, but when your kid's proud of you, that was always important. And I always, you know, no matter what we did, I remember we didn't do so well one time, and you ran up and gave me a hug, and you're like, "That's okay. I thought y'all did good." <laughs> I did. I so, but I also remember where you used to tell me no, that wasn't good at that all. Was not good. Yeah, <laughs> and you were like five. Yeah. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> I do remember that. That was and that, that was also funny. Back in the day, so you always kind of were my compadre, lighting it up for me and, and making me um, proud of what I did, but also, you know, know where where I where my heart was with you. So why you you're still in it? You started around, I guess, uh, Kendall, your stepmom, my wife, kind of asked you to be on a team, and you could flip a little bit. You had some boys in the gym that were older than you. And you started, and we were like, oh, I don't know if he's going to like this uh, or not, but you kind of liked it, and you've stuck with it. Now you're you know, 16 years old. You're extraordinary. I think you're good. You're way better than I was You know, my first few years in college. So, um, you know, what, what you have to be these days. Yeah. But what, what made you stay in it? Why do you still like it? Well, uh, I remember when I did first start, and I would... You know, I was I wasn't on the highest team. I wasn't on level five like my ending goal. Well, you were twelve. Yeah, or eleven. You know, same thing. <laughs> That's what my goal was. And you know, I wanted to be as good as everyone else on that team. I knew I wasn't the age to be on that team, but I wanted to connect with those people. And so I I started in the way I started tumbling, and I started getting into it. You know, Josh, who we talked about earlier, and Tony. You know, they pushed me. They were always. Well, they were they were better than me, and I, I I tumbled with them, and they pushed me to get in the gym, and being around them made me better because I had somebody to look up to, and I had somebody to you know help me along the way. It wasn't just me coming in the gym trying to do say I had a back handspring, I didn't just go in the gym and do a tuck. You know, I was watching other people that were doing whip doubles and double backs and stuff and I was like yeah I have to work my way up to that and I need to be in the gym more than they are and I need to you know stay longer after practice and all that but when I first started I I remember I used to be so mad at myself that I couldn't I was like I could not do two back handsprings in a row <laughs> probably because my arms yeah. would not go past my ears right but, you know it it made me so mad yeah so, we've, we've battled with flexibility a yeah, little we, bit in the shoulders have, and arms we have can't and we, touch my toes. we've grown a lot too, mm-hmm. though. So yeah, that's all. That's all great. Um, and you know, you hit on your goals. I want to get to that later. But first off, you know, I always think it's so important. And I've said this forever for people to have heroes in any sport. You know, I grew up, uh, which you know, out of every team in the world, what what is my one team that I love? The Saints. The Saints. Who dat, yeah, baby? Right. Big win last night. That's why we're in a good mood right now, right? That's right. But I did that because, you know, Archie Manning 
Went to Ole Miss. Uh, D-Daddy was at Ole Miss. We grew up. We were Saints fans. We watched Archie Manning. They lost a lot (laughs) (laughs) for many years. You know, we used to have season tickets when you were born um, and auction them off after Katrina for Katrina relief. And now we try to go to the games. But, you know, my heroes are Dan Marino and Archie Manning and... You know, these guys, and and then in tennis, I mean, I look at, you know, the the amazing tennis players, both guys and girls back in the day with McEnroe and Lindell and and Jimmy Connors and all these greats, Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova. Like, I knew them. I felt like I knew them because I saw them all the time. But, you know, when I first started because we didn't have a lot of social media and cheerleading was kind of, you know, still is, I believe kind of kept away from mainstream a lot of times. Uh, you know, when we're on TV, it's usually infomercial or, you know, we don't broadcast a lot of, of, of the greatness. It, it maybe it's going to turn around and hopefully it will, but because of social media, you've got some people who you follow and you watch yeah. that you're trying and, and you don't have to have the you know ESPN doing documentaries on author ass for you to love them. So tell me, break break down a couple of the people that you know that you've probably never met, no. <laughs> but you follow them uh, on social media that you kind of emulate, want to be like, or you you're excited about. Yeah. So uh, this uh, guy used to, or well, yeah, he was on Team USA and. He's a guy, and uh, he is awesome at co-ed stunning, and I, I think he has the best technique, and he is just really good at all everything. You know, he's he's made up stuff new, which is really cool to me, and all that, and uh, his name's Colin, but, you know, I watch his videos, and I try to go in the gym, and I try to copy his technique and copy, you know, some of the stunts that he's done, because I... I think that looking up at other people as, you know, a way to encourage me or to uh, move to the next level to try to get me to do stuff that I wouldn't usually try by myself, you know, that's good. But I've I've never met Colin, but maybe one day I will. But another guy who I I know very well, or he's my Uncle Jeremy, (laughs) and uh, he is also very good at stunning. And uh, Aunt Allie, they're very good. And he was on Team USA as well. And uh, not only is Jeremy good at stunning, he is awesome at tumbling. And uh, you know, I I want a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys in college, especially, aren't as good at tumbling or at you know they are usually really good at tumbling or really good at stunning because you know with stunning you have to be bigger and bulkier. And with tumbling, you use your light and flexible. Well, somehow Jeremy figured out how to do both of them very well. <laughs> well, he's not light and... <laughs> no, but he he's still can flexible. do it. He still can do yeah. it. But, uh, you know, that's what I want to be. So, looking at both of those people, Colin has really good at stunning, and so is Jeremy. And Jeremy's also very good at co- I mean, very good at tumbling. I want to be that person in college that's, you know, good at both, that can take things from different people and uh, make me myself. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things I wanted to say, and hopefully, you know, out of the 10 or 15 people that probably listen to this, uh, 
our inaugural episode of the cheer world um you know there's some of them out there i'm sure jeremy will probably make it part of the way through this in three sections (laughs) right he's got to but colin as well that but there's other people out there and i'm sure that there's you know the girls on your team are looking up to some of those top girls all over the the country that are that are changing the way that people do baskets and people do stunts. And, you know, Kendall showed me, I don't know their names, but somebody, the entry into uh, hand in hand was like a toss entry. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that girl is a beast. Like she is amazing. And it's just so cool for you to be able to watch that and see that. And I'll look at this and they've got thousands of followers. And that's one of the things that encourages me is now there can be heroes. There can be, um, you know, you can have your own Tom Brady in our sport. You know, it may not right. be because you're buying his, his uh, playing card or his jersey or you're seeing him on Monday nights. But, I mean, y'all aren't doing that anyway, right? You're on your phones all the time. So you're, you're watching these people that have tens of thousands followers. Um, and the only pledge, you know, that I want those people to make is to understand, hey, every one of those followers, there's a JD out there for you that's watching what you do. And they're not just watching that video that you post, but they're watching every other one. So you better take a responsibility and, and understand you're changing our industry right now, whether you want to or not. And I would hope that you would do it for the better. And I would hope that you would be a part of this experience in education that uh, we want to provide. So sorry, I kind of hijacked that from you, but I know that it's something that we've talked about. So finally... And I think a lot of people want to know this, so and and I kind of know a little bit about it. But tell break down uh, for me your goals. What like today? This may change. We'll do another one of these podcasts later. Maybe we'll do a follow up in a few months about where we both are. But you know, obviously, you're only in tenth grade. You're sixteen, um, and you're on a great team with some good friends and good coaches. But where do you see your future if it if it was today? What do you what are you thinking you want to do, or well, do you know? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I kind of I kind of know what I want to do. I, you know, in the cheerleading world, I've been around a lot of the athletes and the people behind the scenes, the business aspect of it, and uh, you know, me, I'm on a level five team right now that's. Uh, that will be going to Summit. And, uh, you know, as I look at that, uh, you know, I think that we eventually could be going to Worlds, but then I was thinking that, you know, uh, I might want to focus more on where I want to go to college and trying to get other people to know, like to get my name out there at, at certain colleges and, you know, try, which will eventually hopefully go to Team USA. But, I recently went to an Ole Miss clinic, a stunt clinic. and uh, Howdy Todd. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I walked in and uh, walked in through the doors and I looked and uh, I looked like a dwarf compared to all those people. I was so short and everybody was so jacked and I just was like, I'm not going to be able to do this at all. This is going to be so hard. And I walked in and we warmed up a little bit, did some tumbling, but not very much for the guys and the guys went over and tried to stunt with the old Miss cheerleaders and, and I was like oh no this is about to be bad I got a little nervous and then I ended up doing okay and it was fun in the end uh, and I ended up 
doing really well, or at least I think it was above my own expectations. And I feel like I would like to move to, you know, go to other colleges and see how they are. Um, but I feel like, you know, the I want to go, of course, want to go to college and I want to, you know, cheer in college. That's my goal. And then hopefully one day, if it's after college, I go be on Team USA in the Olympics or wherever Team USA is at the time. That's good. So also, uh, what your your kind of hobby and career goal? What is that? Well, uh, I'm trying to get my pilot's license to, you know, be a pilot as my career. Yeah. So uh, you're you're flying planes and driving cars. That's brand new. Um, and that's a that's a challenge. I'm guessing, and I'm sure that's going to play into it. But also, there's a lot of challenges to be a part of a team now and you go to your practices all the time. I don't want you to throw anybody under a bus or anything like that. But if you could give any advice to a coach or a gym owner, um, as far as, you know, cause the high school age is one of the ages that it's hard to get people in the gym. Um, because there's so many other opportunities and and there's so many other things to do, right? Yeah. So if you could give some advice on how to keep people to come, you know, coming and practice, coming to practice and being engaged, what would you say? Well, uh, some, you know, not not necessarily on my team, but I know that some kids are coming to practice. They don't really want to be at practice. They aren't really, you know influenced or motivated to come to practice and to work hard and to work towards a goal because maybe their their coach or their friend is like you're you're never going to make it past all-star you're never going to make it past this team you're never going to move up a level you know uh i feel like one of the main things for me was motivation not not necessarily nice motivation but you know a goal or a mo- the motivation to become something else, to move on to another level, to become better than you thought you could ever be. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that coaches look at that and see that, or and tell their kids that, you know, you can be better than you are right now. You might say that this kid is throwing, you know, round bike handspring tucks and, you know, They've tried a full one time, and, you know, they couldn't. Or lay, around if I can't spring layout, I guess that would be before a full. But mm-hmm. saying, I did tucks before fulls because I can't keep my legs straight. <laughs> right. Anyway, off topic. So they were moving towards fulls, and they, they threw a full one time, and they just they busted, like, so bad. And the coach was like, ooh, we probably shouldn't do that again. Well, that's not very motivational because – the next couple months, the next maybe years, they're stuck, and they only think about that moment that they busted. And what I personally, when I try to teach people, you know, how to throw fulls, you're going to bust, you're going to fall, and, you know, the only thing that really matters is how you get back up. And they, the coaches need to know that they need to motivate their kids to basically move on and push harder than anybody else that, you know, is around them. Yeah. So expect more. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And then final thing, I know I trapped you here, but final thing. So obviously our, you know, I'm, um, 
you know, making this movement in the industry and I'm an event producer and I do a lot of different things and my hands are in a lot of, of things in the industry. What advice would you give to the industry, the event producers, you know, all of, from uniform, anything that you could say, Hey, to be more appealing, to get people in this, to keep people in this, to keep people excited. What are some little tips that you might could give us? Uh, obviously, you work you work our events. I do. So sure. you can start with events. You can start with whatever. What are some things that you think we could do better? Well, uh, one of the main things I think would, what like you said earlier, and I, I've never heard the well, I've heard this before, but you know, it kind of stuck with me this time. You were talking about rankings and all that. You know, we go as a cheerleader. I go to all these competitions all over and you know I compete and we you know place hopefully and you know once we move to the next competition what happened at the last competition doesn't really matter you move on you know it's not like you're in the NFL and say well I guess no kids would be in the NFL but you know <laughs> there's some kids in the NFL yeah <laughs> for sure so you you're playing even some the, old ones yeah you're playing in the NFL and you you lose a game you know that that stays with you 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 have that loss, and then you hopefully you move to the next game to win the game, and you keep winning games, which I don't know if you could implement that in the cheerleading industry, but you know a way for people to not just go to competitions just to compete that time to where maybe it would move on to a season to keep kids involved, you know, because once people go to that competition, they leave and they forget about it the rest of the season because after that, whatever you placed is whatever you placed. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters, but, you know, after you leave, it's not the same. So, as the industry side of things, I would hope that, you know, event producers are trying to come up with new ways, you know, new ideas to get kids involved and to stay involved. Uh, because these these people are the basically the, I mean, they're the sticks that hold up the industry or everything because if they like you said you started because you were trying to get you know teams to compete in the area in the south where there used to be not as many competitions if there was no more competitions anymore what would these kids have to work for you know so hopefully they would move to more of a trying to push kids to you know compete and to stay competing so that's, that's what I was trying to say. Well, that's great. Well, and, you know, that makes me really excited because this podcast, and this wasn't planted at all. It's funny that you say that because the podcast is paid for and sponsored by the Open Championship Series, which is doing exactly those things. And we hadn't talked about it too much, but we will in the future. And hopefully um, not only are they, you know, changing it for you right now, but changing it for everybody in the future. And uh, we'll learn more about that. Well, we'll wrap this up. I know you're getting hungry, um, and I'm starving. And we got to go see if Miller peed on the potty again. I uh, think he he got a prize today. He wanted a monster truck from Walmart. So that's exciting as well. And we know all of you out there in the world of cheer are uh, working hard to figure out where you're going next. And we just want to tell you guys that we're going to try to be the largest resource for you. Uh, if we can't help you, then we're going to try to connect you with somebody that can. 
So make sure you reach out to us. We'll be all over social media. And we want to thank our sponsor again, the Open Championship Series. If you hadn't seen that, you need to check it out. And thank you, JD. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you... This is probably the longest conversation we've had in a long time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the last time it was probably when I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> or we had that talk. You know? yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right. Good night, world of cheap. Oh, my God. You just said that.